So an effective and powerful prayer life. Well, first of all, I think it starts out realizing, you know, that the life of a believer, of a, of a follower of Christ is a life that is intended to be dedicated to prayer on a consistent and regular basis. That our prayers are a part of what bring God's plan for our lives into motion and into reality. And, you know, a couple of questions that I would maybe present to us as we get into the message today to ask ourselves, this is what I would ask other people when we talk about effective prayer, is what is your view of a prayer life currently? You know, how do you view, when you say somebody, oh yeah, that person really prays a lot, that person has a great prayer life, what is your view of a prayer life? Or for yourself, when you think about what does your prayer life look like right now? Is it, is it, is it effective? Is it powerful? Is it active? Is it kind of mundane and just sort of, uh, you know, ritualistic or methodical? Is it maybe lacking? Do you feel like it's even possibly non-existent? And another question is just how much value do you really place on that? How much value and importance do you put on being in prayer and having a life of prayer on a regular basis? Because I think that if you don't really view prayer as being something that actually uh, that God hears and responds to and that you don't see prayer actually bringing part of God's plan for your life into reality. If you, if you don't look at it that way, then I can't at least personally see how being dedicated and being faithful and continuous in prayer would really be something that you would do. You know, if now on the other hand, if you look at prayer as like, okay, God has this amazing plan for my life. I've got, you know, he has these promises for me and I want to see these things come to pass. And part of seeing that happen is me praying and petitioning God and speaking the promises over my life. And as I do that in faith, that God hears and he responds and he acts and he actually supernaturally from the realm of heaven does things that begin to happen here on earth in my life to bring things to pass that are helpful for me and for his kingdom expanding through my life here on earth. And if you really view prayer like that, then prayer is something that you will naturally just always be driven to do because you realize that you don't possess the abilities in your own strength to bring those things to happen, but you know that God wants to bring them to pass for you. He wants great things for you. And as you pray and as you seek Him and you begin to ask Him for great and mighty things, that God hears and He responds to our prayers. Really realizing that there is efficiency, effectiveness, efficacy in our prayer in our prayers, that things actually happen is such a powerful revelation. You may think, well, duh, that's it. But, you know, look, for, for a lot of people, they view prayer as like, well, I guess I'll just, you know, I got to do this. And so I need to make sure I spend some time. And so I'll, I'll say my prayers today. Or, man, it's been a few days since I've said some prayers. I feel really bad. I need to say some prayers. Or I'm just kind of like throwing these requests out in the air. And I'm not really sure if anything's happening. But I do it because I know that's what you're supposed to do. Look, if that's how you view prayer, I just want to give you kind of a, a free pass here. I wouldn't want to do it either. 
I wouldn't be excited about having to, to pray or being involved in a prayer life on a continual basis if that's how I viewed it, as something just that you're supposed to do or it's part of these rules that a Christian has or I kind of throw them out there and sometimes I think things maybe happen, but I, I don't know. And then other times it's like I just think I'm talking in the air. Can anybody relate? I mean, if you're just being honest, right? And if that's how a person looks at prayer, look, it's no wonder that they wouldn't be uh, continuous in a prayer life, that they wouldn't have a powerful prayer life and an effective prayer life. And I'm just being honest that for me, my personality is a little bit more bent that way. Because I, for a while, especially after I just came to know the Lord, you know, my view was sort of like, well, okay, yeah, I know I got to pray, but man, I got to get things done. I got to get moving. I got stuff to do today. You know, I, I got things to go make happen. And so I'm just kind of like this productive is important and, and driven. I got to be doing things. I got to be busy. And so for me to sort of look at like prayer, setting I didn't necessarily grasp it right away. I didn't see the, the effectiveness. I didn't see that the benefit of being involved in a prayer life that was constant that was every day and that was meaningful in the way that I was devoting that time and, and speaking to God and what was happening as a result of that. You know, I felt like, well, if I go do more things, I'm going to be busy. I'm going to go do more stuff. And so that's going to make more things happen. And I'll pray like when I can or when I have time for it. Right. And I think that one of the first things that we realize is, like I said just a second ago, God is, is looking for our prayers our faith-filled prayers in order to bring things to pass in our life that he wants for us. In fact, if you look, first of all, at Matthew chapter 6, verse 8, look at this for a second. Just think about this. The, the, the scripture says right here, For your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Before you ask him. Now, that's a powerful thing, and I thank God that he... God knows our every need. He knows everything that we need to accomplish what he wants us to accomplish. So he doesn't need us to pray in order for him to know necessarily like what to do. Like if I go and I talk to my wife and I say, hey, babe, here's something that I would really like to have. If I don't tell her that, chances are she's not going to know that, right? But if I spend some time say, hey, here's what I'd like for Father's Day or here's what I'd like for you, you know, to do for me this week. If, if you know, you get around to it, you're making dinner, you know, maybe this is what I'd like to have. If I don't say those things, then she doesn't know and then she can't do that. But see, God already knows everything that you need. And that's really, that's really powerful because he doesn't necessarily need our prayers to tell him what to do for our life to bring his plan to pass. However, he is looking for our prayers and waiting for our prayers in order to act and move and, and bring about the things that only he can bring about the blessings and the promises and the provision in our life. I'll prove that to you. Go with me to Philippians chapter 4 in verse 6. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 
grasp that with your mind, if you will. Let your requests be made known to God. Wait a minute. He doesn't need to know my requests. He already knows them, right? Yes, he does. But he's waiting for your prayers, your faith-filled prayers, to be able to let your requests be made known to him, to petition him, to speak his promises in your life, so that then he can begin to move and begin to act and begin to bring about these things in your life that he so desperately wants to see come to pass for you. Because he knows that his plan, it's amazing, it's great, and it's wonderful, and it's a blessed life, and it's not free of trouble, but it's, it's with constant peace and joy and happiness. And, and so God is, is looking for us to be active and pursuing him in a, in a mode of communication that we call prayer, a way that we interact with our Heavenly Father in such a way that we're petitioning him and we're rec making requests known to him and we're speaking to him so that he can meet those needs and he can bring those things to pass in our life. And yes, he is sovereign and he is God and he could do anything at any time. But he is waiting on our prayers in order to move in our life to bring things to pass. And, and look, if, if I'm sure for so many reasons unknown to even us, but if for nothing else, did you just show us that he is God and that he hears our prayers and that he loves us enough to answer those prayers and to be able to meet our needs and to provide this amazing, blessed life for us that we can enjoy while we spend our time here on this earth. There are things that God wants for us that don't happen as a result of us not praying for them. That's a powerful thought right there, right? That God has things he wants to give us, things he wants to bless us with, things he wants to do for us that our prayers will instigate, that our prayers will initiate, that if we don't pray them, won't come to pass. James 4, chap, uh, chapter 4, verse 2 says, You do not have because you do not ask. And so there are things that God is seeking to do, God has planned for us in our life that he wants to bring for us. There's some stuff right before that. Uh, it says, you lust and you do not have, you murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. And so what he's saying is, is that the, you're trying, earlier in that passage, uh, he's saying, you're trying to force things along, you're trying to do things to create these outcomes, but you haven't asked me, you haven't sought God and prayed for the things that you're looking for. And, and so he's, and, and as a way that we can look at that for our lives is that if we're not praying, if we're not seeking God, if we're not asking God for these things that we want to have in our life or that we want to see come to pass, then, then there's things that God wants to do that just simply won't occur, that he won't be moved to do. So if prayer is viewed as a duty or an obligation, it'll be ineffective. Nobody can stay disciplined uh, nobody cannot feel condemned uh, for not doing it or not, you know, doing enough of it. But the thing is, is it's not something we look at as we have to do, but it's, we should look at this as something that we get to do, to, that we actually get to have this type of relationship, this type of ability to pray and seek God for things in faith that he will then answer and bring to pass. That, that our creator, our God in heaven, 
is hearing and listening to our prayers and our needs and that we get to ask him for these things and we get to petition him and we get to declare things and that God is loves us enough to move in our life and to answer those prayers and to bring those promises to pass. That that's something we get to do. When Think about it like this. When you don't eat, let's say you went a day or two and you didn't eat, you wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, I feel so condemned. I feel so bad. What am I thinking? I haven't ate. Oh, I'm so bad. I'm just, I, I feel, I'm so down on myself. I've got to remember to eat tomorrow, right? You get hungry when you don't eat. You need nourishment. Look, your prayer life, if you view it as, as in the right way, it's the same thing. It's not that, oh, you missed out. Oh, I, I got to get back to prayer. Oh, I've missed my prayer time. It's, it's, you crave it. You need it. You're just like, oh, my gosh, there's so many things that are building up in me in my, over the last day of my life or the last couple of days. I just, I just need to get it out. I just need to speak to God. I just need to let him hear what's on my heart. I just need to petition him in, in faith and, and know that he's hearing me and that he's moving on my behalf and that he's bringing things to pass in my life that I desperately need to see happen that only he can do. And it's me in prayer and in faith communicating with him that's going to instigate that and it's going to bring that to happen. I love the way that the Psalm uh, 62.8 says, it says, trust in him at all times, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. So as you go through your life, here's what happens, Okay. You go through your life, you encounter things, you, you, you deal with things, you, you have desires that are on your heart, and things kind of like just, they build up, right? And you come, you've got to pour that stuff out. You've got to empty yourself out. You've got to just let those things come before God at his feet, you know, and just in faith and just let him know where your heart is and that you trust him and that you, you believe that he can do these things for you and that he wants to do great things for you. And you're just sort of emptying your heart out in regular moments and regular times throughout your life. And, and, and so you're just kind of, you're just sort of emptying yourself of the things that you are in need of and the things that you want to see happen or the things that you want God to do and how you want to see him move, right? And if you, those things just build up or they just, you just go about and they never get poured out in prayer. They never get poured on the feet of Jesus. They never get poured on that altar, right, of grace and of mercy of God. Then what happens to that? What happens to that? And I, I'm just... I'm just challenging you with this way of thinking that things God wants to do for you, things that God wants to bless you with, possibly don't end up coming to pass or you don't see them happen in the ways that maybe God would want them to happen for you, right? I remember, has anybody read that book, The Prayer of Jabez? The Prayer of Jabez. That is a really powerful book, right? And it's by Bruce Wilkinson. In fact, I would recommend that. I don't normally recommend books from here, but I would recommend that book. And it's a good book because um, he talks about the scripture in is it 1 Chronicles 4.10, I believe it is. And the scripture goes like this. We don't have that one in there, but it says, And Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that I would not do evil. And so God granted him his request. 
powerful ending to that passage. And so God granted him his request. And in the book, the author, he talks about how he had this kind of this way of, of painting this picture for us, sort of like I'm trying to do today. And he said that, imagine that you get to heaven and that you're, you're, you're being led around and, and the angels are taking you around and they're just they're going through the, the story of your life and how God was with you and all the amazing things that happened. And you see this big barn, this huge, tall pole barn that's off in the distance. And it, it, you're just like really piqued with curiosity. And so you ask him, what's in that barn? And he says, well... I don't think you really want to see that. And he's like, no, you're like, no, I, I really do. You know, I want to know what's in there. And this is part of my life. I need to know. And, and so he's like, all right, I'll show it to you. But just, just be prepared for what you're going to see. And so you go in and you, you walk in this barn and piled all the way up to the sky, to the ceiling of this barn and is filled as far as you can see as these boxes and these like look like presents wrapped in ribbon and bows and all this amazing looking stuff and you're just like in awe and you ask him what in the world is all of this and he kind of looks down and he says well these are all the things that your heavenly father wanted to give you in your life that you never asked for and that is just so powerful to think of it like that that our prayers are initiating and bringing things to pass in our life that God wants for us that He's not just going to just poof, make them happen because they're good for us. That he is waiting on a faithful heart of one of his children to turn and seek him and petition him and ask him for things that they're in need of and that he can bring them to pass and he can hear our prayers and that he can answer them. God has given us instruction on on how to pray. He's giving us, given us things in his word that help us to see how are we to approach prayer. Because sometimes people are like, okay, I get that, but I mean, how do I pray? I mean, what exact, was there a way to do it? Or, you know, and really, one of the things that I think is, is important for us to see is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I'm going to read verses 16 through 18, but this is a scripture that talks about praying without ceasing praying without ceasing. And the scripture says this, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you. And if you study that, that verse where it says pray without ceasing, you know, the way that I really interpret that is it's not, of course, let's just be realistic, it's not an, a completely uninterrupted uh, us being praying with words to where that never stops for our entire lifetime and our existence, right? I mean, you could look at that and maybe be a little bit thrown off. But that's not what that, that's not what that means. That's not the way I interpret that. If you study those words in the Greek, part of uh, without ceasing or unceasingly, as it puts it, is just, just to just go continuously without an uninterrupted uh, pattern or without, you know, interruptions or that break that pattern of something in someone's life. And then that pray, that comes from the Greek word prosuximai, which the word pro just means to uh, be leaning towards or, or bending towards. And then the, the second part of that word, the, the suffix, means to basically be uh, exchanging or praying or, or, you know, 
mindful of God and, and seeking him. And so what I believe that the scripture is telling us is that a life of a believer is one that's always bent towards prayer. It's always bent and, and in a pattern of continuously without breaking that cycle, you know, of, of going through seasons in your life where you just drift out of prayer and then you drift back in or you only pray when you are really desperate, that your life is just meant to be a life uninterrupted by all the things of life with you being just bent towards a mode of prayer towards your heavenly father on a daily and consistent basis, knowing that part of walking this great life out that God has for you is to just be in a relationship, an intimate type of relationship where you're in prayer and seeking him on a continual and daily basis. And I remember one of the things that absolutely just, to me, just sort of like broke this thing open. It was when I realized that I didn't have to be somehow in a room by myself on my knees in order to constitute time in prayer. Now, I do think that that is great. And the more you get into a prayer life, I'm just telling you, the more you're going to crave moments and times like that where you can get alone with God, where you can just be there with him, uninterrupted, you know, just no time limits, and you can just pour your heart out, and you can just be there with God and pray and seek him. You're going to crave that more and more and more. But when I realized that I could walk through every day throughout all the things I'm going through, bent towards a mode of prayer, prayerful about everything that I'm doing as I go along. Oh, God, before I'm getting ready to go into this meeting, Lord, I just ask that you be here with me, your presence be there, that you would give me wisdom, that you would give me discernment. God, help me to say the right things and not the wrong things. Let your will be done, not my own, right? And, and I mean, you walk into a store. God, I just speak a spirit of peace over this place. I just ask that people in this place are blessed right now. God, if you have an, something for me to do, help me to see it. Help me not have my own agenda here. Help me to have yours. You see what I'm saying is that these times that we can maybe just sort of shut the prayer mode off because we think that prayer is when we can be alone in quiet time and all of this opportunity to be bent in a mode of prayer uninterrupted and seeking God for his will to be done for him to be using us for things to be happening in our lives we lose that if we don't see that these are times and moments that's unceasing we can be in prayer and we just and we can go through our life and, and be constantly bent uh, in that direction and in that mode Another thing that God tells us is that when we pray, we're to pray in the name of Jesus. That's really important, right? It talks about that in John chapter 16, verse 23. He says, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. And so Jesus, uh, the Bible tells us later on in 1 Timothy that Jesus is our mediator. And so when we pray in the name of Jesus, we're praying in a name that has authority, that makes our prayers proficient. It makes them authentic, right? Because Jesus and the work that he did for us is what constitutes our prayer life, our ability to go before God and petition him and for him to hear and respond and to act on behalf of those prayers that are in faith. That is possible for you and I because of the work that Jesus did for us. And we know now that he sits at the right hand of the Father and makes intercession for us. And so when we pray, 
we speak in the name of Jesus and we are basically bringing that authentication, that authority to the prayer life that we have. Now, another thing that, that the Bible talks about is that we are to pray according to the will of God. And this is one that kind of threw me off for a little bit. I got to tell you, okay? Because I thought, well, I don't really, I mean, I, I know the will of God sometimes, but I don't know his will other times, even though I want to, right? And think, well, but the Bible says we're supposed to pray according to his will. In fact, if you go to John, uh, 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, it says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. And so we know that the Bible says we're supposed to pray according to the will of God. So if we're praying things that are outside of the will of God, God is not bound to answer those prayers, right? That if they're not good for us, if they're not beneficial for God's purposes, that he's not, he's not bound to, to answer those prayers and bring those things to pass. So how do, we, how do we reconcile this? And this is one of the things that God showed me one day when I was reading and, and I was praying. Novel idea, right? I was praying. And he showed me this, and it really just opened this idea of praying according to God's will up. And it praying according to God's will in your life. And it's in the book of John where he talks about abiding in the vine. Chapter 15, verse 7 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. And God began to show me that as you have a, a life of prayer that's unceasing, that's uninterrupted, that's continual, that's petitioning God and seeking God, declaring his promises. As you spend that time and then you begin to crave it and then you begin to understand more of his ways and his thoughts and you see more of his truths in scripture. As you do all of these things, what happens is that the desires that God drops in your heart the things that you want or have need of, they begin to align more and more and more with what the will of God for your life is. That's awesome, isn't it? That as we begin to spend that time in prayer and seeking him, that, that we begin to understand and see and know what the will of God is more and more. And our prayers begin to align more and more with those things. That we don't desire for things outside of the will of God. But yet we still, and this is important, can't make those things happen on our own. Even though we begin to see and understand and, and have the desires that are more and more in the line with God's will for our life, they are still things that require us to go into a mode of prayer, a communication of prayer that's an exchange type of relationship where we're giving out and God's giving back. And that's how that daily life is meant to be lived. So we are to pray according to his will. We're to pray in the name of Jesus and we're to pray without ceasing. Amen, right? Amen. I mean, look, having a life of prayer is so important for a believer, but not a mundane one, man. Not a ritualistic one. I you might as well just take that and throw that right out the door here. That ain't going to happen here. We're not about that. 
We don't just go and say prayers because that's what we're supposed to do. When I pray, I believe that God is hearing me. I know that something is happening. I want the will of God for my life above my own. I've laid that thing down a long time ago. I don't always know the best things, but that's why I've got to come back to this prayer thing. <laughs> right? I've got to seek him, and I've got to petition him, and I've got to see him, and I've got to know him, and I've got to understand that his, his will is the more and more that I'm with him, the more my desires begin to align with that. God, I'm asking you to grow this church because I want to see people reached. I want to see lost people reached. I know that's according to God's will. I know he wants to see lost. The Bible says the will of God is that none should perish. You see what I'm saying? You see what's happening here? The more and more we spend that time, the more we seek him, the more we petition him, the more we get to know him, the more his will Right? If you abide in me, my words abide in you. The more his will begins to rise up in us. And the more our direction is aimed in that place. And then our prayers follow suit with that. And then we see the will of God happening more and more and more in our life. And we recognize that it's a result of something supernatural occurring. That God in heaven, creator of all things, is hearing little old me. And he is answering those. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our prayers are bringing things that are God's will where he sits in the throne in heaven, bringing them out and bringing them into reality here on this earth. God is not just up there waving a wand, making everything he wants to happen, happen down here. He is up there reigning sovereignly, but allowing free will to be present in human beings and waiting for the faith-filled prayers of those children that he desperately desires to have a continuous, unceasing, uninterrupted relationship with every day. And so this is what I want to challenge you with. I want to I challenge you to pray over a few things this week, to, to take a few things into a regular uh, part of your prayers just this week as you go through your days, however it works for you, right? Some weeks I, I, I get a lot of totally quiet time. Other weeks I just pray all through my day while I'm driving, while I'm, you know, working and just, right, Dan? I mean, you know how this works. You're busy, but you're praying all the way through it. And I don't feel like I'm lacking in my prayer life as a result of that. I'm just saying, you know, what, however you, you need to you go about your life, just begin to take these things in prayer continuously. I'm going to ask you, first of all, pray for your health, okay? Because the will of God is that you be whole, that you be healthy, and that you be fully capable and able to do the things that he's called for you to do. Pray for your health, right? Now, be prepared <laughs> that when you do that, God may tell you to get up early and exercise. I mean, I'm just saying, it, you know, God hears your prayer and he responds, but sometimes you're going to be like, oh, whoa, that's not exactly what I thought, <laughs> right? He may tell you to get up and exercise, but he may raise you right up out of a wheelchair too because that's just the God we serve, right? He may do that. So I'm going to ask you to pray for your health in the health of your, of your family, all right? I'm going to ask you to pray for your provision, because God doesn't want you to lack. The Bible says that, you know, every need will be met. 
that uh, we will have an abundance for every good work. And so you have all sufficiency in all things. So anything God has called you to do that he's mandated for your life, he's got everything you need for it. You're not going to lack anything. You're not going to have to like do something with 75% of what you need if God is calling you to do it. So I want you to pray for your provision. Pray for your provision. Now here again, some of you may hear God speak to you in some ways that you didn't expect. He may tell you to, like, get rid of some debt. I don't know. He may tell you to, that you need to look for a different career. Uh, and then again, a check may show up in the mail. I, you know, something may happen that they, they cancel a debt. I mean, this, I hear about all these different types of things because of what I do on a regular basis. And, and I just, I see God in all of it. Yeah, God's, God's telling them to get rid of debt. Well, yep, God sent the check, you know. I mean, so to pray for your provision. I'm going to ask you to pray for this church. I want you to pray that God would, would continue to build this church and that we would reach lost people and that this would, the church would grow, not, not in order to satisfy some need of man, but that the church would grow so that people's lives are being changed and that the will of God is happening for more people here in this community, right? And then the last thing that, look, you can add more to this list. It's not exhaustive. I'm just throwing some things out that I know are important, to, that are God's will that we would be praying for. The last thing I want to ask you to pray for is I want you to pray for unsaved people in your family. I want you to pray for unsaved people in your family. Now, I don't want you to try to say, you know, now God may speak to you and say, hey, you know what, you need to have a talk with them, or you may need to love them, or you may need to forgive them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But God saves them, right? I mean, and God can send other people around them to minister to them. He can, he can do anything. But I want you to pray for unsaved people in your family because I know that if Christ lives in your heart, one of your deepest desires is that the people that you love most that are close to you be able to experience that too. I know that because I, I feel that way every day. And I want you to pray for those unsaved people in your life because the will of God is that none would perish. None would perish. God doesn't desire for anyone to leave this earth and not spend eternity with him. But it happens, right? And I want to ask you to pray for those things this week. And then I want you to talk to me in the weeks to come about what has happened in your life as a result of this. Because my life is drastically different as a result of realizing the necessity and the importance of a powerful prayer life. That God desires that kind of communication and that kind of relationship with me, and that God has things for me that my prayers will activate, that my prayers of faith. Amen? Let's stand to our feet.